We're streaming now. <laughs> We're streaming now. Oh. oh, man. I said this earlier, guys, but, like, my PhD is way easier than this stream every week. I, I don't know why. Yay. But I feel like I, ha I have a stats exam on Monday that I am less concerned about than I am about our streaming tech. <laughs> oh, and not saying that's, something about a stats exam. Literally. <laughs> so yeah, this is Nature Check. We try to do science in D&D &D live because we're masochists. <laughs> my, name, my, my name is Cheryl. And as previously noted, I am a PhD student in ecology uh, at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Um, I just started my PhD, so yeah, maybe that's why it's easier than streaming, I don't know. Um, <laughs> when I'm not doing ecology research, um, I make biology, ecology, and environmental science videos over on The Roving Naturalist on YouTube. And I am the dungeon master for this game of Nature Check D&D. Uh, now, I'm going to have the players introduce themselves. Uh, we'll start with Ryan, who wasn't here last time. Hello, uh, my name's Ryan. I'm an entomologist. Uh, I'm the Associate Director of Integrated Pest Management at a conservatory here in Pittsburgh. Um, I also do everything uh, related to uh, integrated plant health care. Um, so it's bugs, but it's also plant nutrition and diseases and horticulture and uh, arboriculture and all of those things. Um, and yeah, that's it. And I play uh, Fletcher in our game, a human wizard. Yes, you do. Um, next on my screen is Peter. Uh, all right, I, um, what is that noise? Is everybody else hearing that noise? Yep. <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's me. It was for doing construction. I'm so sorry. Hold on. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so uh, my name is <laughs> my name is Peter, and I like literally showed up, and they're like. <laughs> my name is Peter, and, and it's it's way easier for me to stream than it is for Nancy. <laughs> um. I am uh, I'm an uh, agriculture agent in Maryland with the University of Maryland. Um, means I teach agricultural science to um, to farmers and the public. Um, I'm an entomologist, um, and uh, I also am the um, managing editor for the University of Maryland Extension Publications Program. So I oversee the process of peer reviewing fact sheets and things like that for the University of Maryland Extension Program. Um, and I play Cedric, who is a dwarf cleric, uh, of the Church of Moradin, um, and he would very much approve of all the hammering that we're, we're hearing right now. I'm guessing that means you can hear Nancy. I can hear Nancy. Neat, because I can't, um, but I'm going to let her introduce herself next, and you can just tell me when she's done. Okay. <laughs> I can't hear I'm her like right now. I'm muting oh. myself while the chaos is happening. But I can't see or hear Cheryl. Okay, she, yourself, she just said she can't see or hear you, so she wants you to introduce yourself now. Hi, my name is Nancy. I'm going to try and do this as quickly as possible before the construction starts again. I'm an entomologist, which means that I study bugs. I live in Quito, Ecuador, except for right now where I'm at the coast. Um, and I do personalized tours of insects in Ecuador. 
which is usually sometimes quieter than it is now. But <laughs> never for our streams, ever. Uh, okay, Nancy, thank you for that. Uh, kicking it back to you, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard I part like of that via the live I, stream, I, I so I guess it's good we're streaming. Um, next, Back to Cheryl in the studio. <laughs> this is the worst. Um, <laughs> there's another group of people I'd rather be doing it with. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll have Joe introduce himself next. Hi, I'm Joe. Um, I am a doctoral student at the University of Wyoming. Um, I am studying weed science, trying to figure out how weeds really hurt crops. I am also doing some really cool uh, toxicological work, which if you are going to be at the ESA conference this year, definitely stop by and I will chat you up about that. Um, in this game, I am playing Lucanus, our resident elf barbarian. Um, and, oh goodness, um, <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, we have our special guest, our very first special guest, joining us again for a second night. Uh, that's Dan. Hi, um, I'm Dan Peach. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the University of British Columbia, as well as a director of the Entomological Society of BC. My background is in insect sensory ecology uh, with a focus on mosquitoes, and I'm about to dive into some genetics and genomics as part of my postdoc work. Mm, that's fancy. Um, and you can get, at least give us your character name this time. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I play uh, a barbarian of the Ibaxians. Nice. Alrighty. Um, if you are watching us right now live on Twitch or on Periscope, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your patience and thank you for watching. Um, we really hope that you'll enjoy what you're, what you're going to see this evening. And secondly, uh, if you have any questions for the cast, please put them in the chat on Twitch or Periscope. Um, I have my laptop right here in front of me, so I will be doing my best to try to catch your questions in the chat, and we'll try to answer them midway during the game or when we take our break or whenever. Um, also, if you're watching, hey, thanks for being here. Um, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to do the thing on the socials where you like share the fact that we're streaming with your friends, your enemies, your family, whoever you think might enjoy this, game um that'd be really cool um we would like to get as many people watching the game and chatting as possible so that we can all learn together i am simultaneously calling nancy back on the call to see if we can get her reconnect to the stream na, 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 na. um <clears throat> if you really like watching us consider coming to our first live in-person event that's right, the very next time we play, oh god, um, the cast of Nature Check, so that's Joe, Nancy, Peter, Ryan, and myself, plus two special guest players, will be playing D&D at the very same table in the party room of the Urban Chestnut Brewing Company's Grove Beer Hall location on Saturday, November 16th at 6pm Central in St. Louis. Uh, we'll be using the stickers Nancy just got printed in order to give out beer discounts to those who come to watch the game, and there will be opportunities for audience participation, so it's going to be a really good time. Of course, if you can't be there with us in person that night, the game will still be streamed on Twitch and Periscope Live as well, so don't worry about it. You'll be able to see us regardless. Um, yeah. 
If you really, oh, um, last bit of housekeeping. I almost read that section of my notes twice because that's the kind of night it's being. Um, <laughs> last bit of housekeeping is the socials. Uh, you can find Nature Check on Twitter at, at Check Nature. So follow us there for updates and things. Um, and please subscribe or follow or whatever um, Nature Check both uh, here on Twitch and on the YouTube channel. Um, Follows and subscriptions really help us grow uh, the project that we're working on, and it lets us know that people are actually watching and engaging and appreciating what we're doing, which is good for player morale. Um, <laughs> also, it will let you have access to everything because every game session um, will be uploaded to the YouTube channel. And you'll also be able to find our after show recaps, our nature chats, they're on the YouTube channel, so definitely go check that out. Um, you can also access the game and the nature chats everywhere you find podcasts, so give us a listen and share us with your friends and your enemies. Um, you can also find the social media details for all of tonight's players down in the reference section below um, the Twitch thing. Um, yeah, we are not too far away from the Entomological Society of America's annual meeting, um, where we will be playing live, but I know a whole bunch of people in this group are running symposia or giving talks, so everybody want to plug those briefly? So, Ryan, uh, I know you're running a symposia. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> so... Uh, you want me to go first, or...? Um, uh, you go first, Ryan. I can go. I've probably I have a bunch to go through um, <laughs> uh, on I'll be running uh, two social media workshops on for, for entomologists who want to either start getting into or learn more about using social media for science communication um, running I'm running those with Carly Reagan um, I am running and speaking a, a symposium along with uh, my co-organizer, Lindsay Iglesias, and it is on uh, non-academic careers in entomology. So we'll have people from industry, you know, local government, uh, military entomologists, um, all doing talks, and then we'll have a poster session as well in the middle of the symposium so people can interact and, and talk with people about their jobs. Um, so like Peter will be there talking about what it's like being an extension agent. Um, and Nancy will be there to talk about what it's like running your own entomology business um, and doing it internationally um, and all the things that she does. Um, and then uh, on Sunday night, if there's any entomologists out there listening uh, who's gonna, who are going to be at the meeting, um, our entomology tweet up. Um, it's a, it's a unofficial one this year. Uh, they weren't uh, they were unable to to put it together. Um, so I have organized that, and we'll be meeting on Sunday at 8:30 at Flamingo Bowl, which is about a block and a half from the convention center. Um, and it is a bowling alley slash bar slash restaurant. Um, so there is something there for everybody to do. Um, we'll start be there at 8:30 till whenever people want to go home. Um, and I think I think that's everything I have. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're saying until everybody wants to go home because I have to volunteer that night, and I was super sad. I was like, oh no, I can't miss the tweet up. <laughs> oh no, people are usually at the tweet up, like for for a good amount of time. I yeah. I, I probably won't be because I, one of my like our symposium is early the next morning, <laughs> um, but I'll definitely be there. You know, for for a <laughs> while, starting starting at probably around a little uh, before eight thirty. 
I don't think I've ever spent less than three hours at one of our tweet ups. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah, and it, and it, and yeah. people show up all night after they go to like other dinners. Mm-hmm. So if you're there at like if you're getting there at nine nine thirty, it'll be like peak people who will be there till ten ten thirty eleven o'clock. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I definitely got home from the Portland tweet up at like two. Pretty sure. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Joe, you had things you wanted to advertise. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, and I'm sorry for cutting Ryan off at the feet, the lag in my thing, and sometimes the yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, just my general naivety about these sort of things. Anyway, so um, on Tuesday uh, at um, uh, about uh, three o'clock, I am going to be on a, a SciComm panel uh, with Cheryl talking about uh, multimedia SciComm. Um, and on Wednesday the 20th, I am going to have a uh, poster hanging up that talks about um, some of the uh, patterns in um, the overall toxicity of insecticide treatments over the past 30 years, uh, which is actually a lot more interesting than it sounds because um, it turns out that a lot of our uh, uh, sort of um, big breakthroughs and how we manage insects haven't really uh, done much for uh, toxicity in the past, like over the past 30 years. Uh, so um, there's more details there. That's sort of the, you know, um, clickbait version. Uh, on um, also on the 20th, I am going to be uh, giving a talk titled uh, "Communicating uh, Science in the Era of Misinformation," and I am. Um, going to be focusing uh, very heavily on what I've learned about my mistakes over the past 20 years, um, or 12 years uh, <laughs> of science communication experience. Uh, experience. I've been doing psychology a long time, <laughs> uh, but not that long. Um, and then uh, uh, um, between 5.30 and 8.30 that night, um, November 20th, I will be, uh, as part of a speakers group, um, talking about um, outreach from various angles as small independent people like, like me, industry, academia, um, all sorts of stuff. I think I'm actually going to be like at that dinner with Mae Berenbaum, which is uh, very intimidating. Um, and then, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So, yep. Um, Peter, are you doing I anything? anything to promote? Oh, I can hear Nancy. What's up, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a booth that to promote my tours. <laughs> so y'all should stop by the the. They're not called like exhibit halls. What are they called for us? I forget what they're called. Or they're called exhibit halls, not dealer halls. All right, we'll be in the exhibit hall with a booth promoting cybug stuff. So y'all should come and at least say hi. Um, and I will also be competing in the antlion pit. Uh, which is like, uh, I think anyone can show up to that. I don't know when it is. I haven't actually looked at the schedule yet. I need to like make sure everything's organized. But anyway, um, I am competing in the Antlion Pit for Cybex as well, so you should come by and watch that. Um, and I think I am also in Cheryl's panel, as long as it doesn't overlap with anything else, which as we just established, I haven't looked at the schedule yet. So <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> nice. 
And since two people have already mentioned it, um, in addition to running Nature Check and in addition to giving an oral presentation of my master's research on Monday, I'm also running a mini version of the ComSciCon workshop um, for, for graduate students, by graduate students, all about science communication on Tuesday during EntSoc. And a whole bunch of the Nature Check people are there because I know them and I know they do SciComs. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Peter, what are you doing? Uh, well, I think it's already been covered. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be presenting a poster at Ryan Symposium on what it's like to be an extension agent. So um, y'all should definitely come drop by if you've ever considered that, or um, if you have never considered it and yet you think you know um, you know that it might be a, nice to have a job after getting your graduate degree. Um, I will I will give you all of the nitty gritty um, about the realities of working in extension um, from my my vast uh, experience, um, and then I'll also be uh, talking at, at uh, the panel, uh, Cheryl's panel on uh, science communication, um, uh, where I will probably also give you lots of nitty gritty details. <laughs> yeah. Because these people I mean, are... I mean, really just. Go the thing to talk to Peter. He's that cool of a guy. <laughs> I just have that little of a filter. You'll be able to get any, all of the truth from me. Yeah. Even if you aspire to homelessness, which is, you know, a perfectly valid choice, uh, he's still fun to talk to. So. We can talk about foraging for edible plants. Um, there, are, there are lots of. I, I would, yeah. If you want to live a more nomadic lifestyle, we could, I could, we could definitely get into that. Um, Urban camping, isn't that what they call it? Now? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a worse life plan than some of, you know, the growers that I deal with as an extension agent. So, you know, like, it's, uh, yeah. Speaking of nomads, Dan, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I'm not going to be at the uh, ESA meeting this year, unfortunately. Um, However, uh, anybody who's who's listening and looking for a potential place to do grad school or any undergrads in Vancouver who are looking to get some lab experience, um, the, the Ben Matthews lab at UBC is recruiting. So either uh, look us up on Google or hit me up on Twitter at DanPeach3 and uh, we can talk more about that. And if you'd like to learn more about what it's like to work in Dan's lab, you can listen to Nature Chat number six where we talk to him about how he feeds mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the draw. We're, we're gonna be <laughs> ah, the draw. We're going to be artificially feeding them uh, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Until we get that new grad student, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what undergrads are for? Right. Oh. <laughs> They're less expensive than that artificial feeder. I mean, I mean, you give them a letter of recommendation, they'll do anything. I say that as a joke, but it really is a highly problematic view that, that a lot of scientists have. About That's true. Yeah, there there are numerous ethics regulations in place that uh, <laughs> undergrads are not allowed to feed feed the mosquitoes. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, with all of that mess out of the way and self promotion and whatnot, <laughs> let's get this thing started. As as my friend Mark's D and D game opened this past Sunday. Sometimes we play Dungeons and Dragons here on Nature Check. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes, eventually. Sometimes, eventually, we play D&D. So let's get started. Civilizations grew, flourished, and fell on the continents of Lacedas for hundreds of years. But in the year 885, everything changed. 
Where once the gods of the Pantheon held sway over various continents and made their presence known in frequent and tangible ways to mortals, now a dread silence and emptiness reigned. Civilizations fell into internal turmoil and tensions mounted between empires. The faiths of nations were shaken and new versions of old religions began to sprout. Spells once commonplace and relied upon, those that required the gods' particular attentions, no longer functioned. Access to and, con and contact with all other planes disappeared or seemed blocked. The continent of Arda, still colloquially known as the God's Garden, was once the sacred and protected realm of Obed-Hai and Ilana. At the moment of the loss, the strong protective spells surrounding the continent fell, and the shores and interior became accessible to any who wished entry on whatever business. In 952, a ship from the Tenebrian Navy took shelter in the large river mouth at the southeastern corner of Arda, and the sailors erected a small fort for protection. Over the years, the fort grew into a town, and the town grew into a small city. While Tenebria officially holds no claim over Arda, no outside nation has yet claimed dominion over the continent, New Sagester is, for all intents and purposes, a Tenebrian colony. This morning, you made some new friends. The farmer, Silas Cooper, was in the Marked Bird Tavern complaining about the mysterious deaths of his livestock. You all offered to go out to his farm and investigate, discovering that the cows and pigs appeared to have been sucked dry. You met an Ibixian, or goat folk person, named Bedwer, who provided the insight that perhaps the animals had been attacked by Sturges, a monstrous mosquito-type creature that prefers to lay its eggs in wet or flooded areas. Silas's neighbor, August Timber, had just started flooding his farm fields to grow rice and sugarcane, so you all went to the Timber farm to see if you could find the source of the Sturge Scourge. Fortunately, you did find a group of Sturges and managed to kill most of them. Unfortunately, August Timber is now lying dead at Cedric's feet. It is mid-afternoon on Oladamum, the 26th day of Misrun in the year 972. Bedwer's going to start wiping Sturge Guts off of himself. Yeah, you got sprayed pretty bad in the last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh. Oh, and I, I believe I lost, I Bedwer lost his throwing axe, so he'll sort of shake his head, let out a, a little snort, and start loping over to, to, to find it on the ground. Great. Um. Is his wife there with us? No, she was still on the she was on the porch of the farmhouse when you guys walked past. Uh, she so, just gave you directions to the field. Uh, um, and what's the what's the farmer's name? Um, uh, the not dead one. The not dead one is Silas. Silas. Um, he, he sort of hung back while that whole thing happened. Right. It was over pretty quick. I think it was only four or five rounds. Um, yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. What was the other what was the dead guy's name august timber august um i guess cedric kind of calls for silas to come over um what happened to him um well we i mean we did everything we could but those those creatures just yeah. um we failed to protect them they just took him out too fast 
Yeah, they just drain the life right out of him. That. that he sort of he sets his face. It, you can tell this guy is not a stranger to hardship living out here on sort of the edge of of quote unquote civilization, um, on this frontier farm. He just sort of sets his face and. Uh, so I was right. They uh, they can do that to people too. That's good to know. Um, well, I uh, I guess we should take him on back and see if there's anything we can do for Danella. Yeah, uh, I'll carry this end. All right. Lucanus picks up. Lucanus picks up the other end. Okay. <laughs> It's, I feel like that's super imbalanced. Like the yeah. guys, like, <laughs> well, yeah, like so the height and all the being things carried things. like this <laughs> yeah. when he was just killed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cedric, Cedric, what's your strength modifier? It's uh, a good question. Uh, <laughs> plus one. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're both you're both able to carry it. And so it's it's not that Cedric isn't able to lift the his half of the body. It's just that he's a lot shorter than Lucian. Yeah. There's there's a definite um, ramp thing going yeah. on with this yeah. body uh which which end is the ramp at does cedric have the head or the feet i think I he kind of, oh, i kind of imagined him picking up the feet okay all right great so now i'm covered in sturge guts blood yep. and yep. mud yep. um from like the guy's feet um just like muddy water that yeah. beautiful crisp white shirt you had mm -hmm. once yeah you're like a character in a johnny cash song it builds yeah, I was I, I was thinking like poor Cedric shirt. I was thinking more like pig pen and peanuts. Oh, <laughs> I was, pig pen I was, was covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 going on. Oh, that, that dark and that dark and gritty Charlie that dark and gritty Charlie Brown reboot sounds amazing. Oh yeah, you guys didn't know that that uh, DC bought the rights to the Charlie Brown comics. <laughs> It's a, it's actually it's a new show on the CW. It's right after Riverdale. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So um, now so now we have like sexy violent pig mm -hmm. pen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Cedric. He's super sexy. Everybody <laughs> thinks Cedric is sexy. Peanuts, <laughs> but all grown up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking more a boy named Sue. Cedric? Hmm. Yeah, why not? All right. <laughs> um uh so yeah we're just gonna carry this corpse back to his wife yeah okay that will sort of follow a, a few feet uh few feet distant yeah, uh are, like following along thank you okay life. so you guys are following behind the two carrying the body mm -hmm. yeah what about you fletcher i mean yeah i'm coming with <laughs> Uh, yeah, in, in case you don't remember, you had kind of a rough battle. Um, your spells did not hit their marks really ever, which was unfortunate. Also, you oh. lost a crossbow bolt. Oh, <laughs> oh huh. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? Yeah, okay. Almost like I was being played by something willy-nilly that didn't care about my life. <laughs> oh, no, he cared about not, like, you not dying. He just yeah. rolled real bad for your attacks. <laughs> I could have played you like a cleric and had you run, I mean, I could have played you like Cedric. You could have run in there and tried to hit it with a staff or something. <laughs> with my quarterstaff, yeah. a flying, a flying oh, thing, trying to hit no. with my quarterstaff. If the wizard is hitting things with their quarterstaff, you know it's going poorly. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, 
I mean, maybe Fletcher has entomology skills. I'm pretty good with a with a sweep net, you know. I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of parallel there, you know. Like, that is true. You know, you could you could do some damage to a, a flying insect with a staff that's, if you know what you're doing. That's our plan for uh, for next Entsoc. We're gonna have a whole day of events like D and D, like feats of skill. People come out can come out and try. <laughs> I, I want to do a Dungeons and Dragonflies at an ESA meeting sometime. Oh, that'd be really fun. That'd be so good. It's just hard to hard to organize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, oh. All right. So we've got um, uh, marching order is our our um, Lucanus and uh, well I guess it's uh, Cedric. Are you you're walking backwards carrying the feet and then Lucanus with the head. And then everybody else behind you guys. Do you want Silas or someone going in front? Like, what's the what's the story there? Um, I think I'm walking. I'm walking in front. I... Fletcher's a very fast walker, so I feel like they're moving slowly with this body. So, <laughs> okay. it's awkward, you know. It's but you know, it's all kind of floppy. It's like I feel oh. like it's kind of sagging down in the middle. Both kinds of awkward. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you guys head on back across the fields to the timber farmhouse. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can see, like, because you're a group of people, Danella sees you and kind of stands up on the porch even before she can really, like, make out what's going on. Um, yeah, I don't know, Fletcher, how far ahead are you walking? Like, just in front of them, so I wasn't oh. getting, like, okay. slowed so like... by them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you're not, like, you're not, like, going up to meet her, like, far in advance of them or anything. No. Okay. Um, yeah, so she sort of, you know, braces herself on the rocking chair and gets to her feet um, and sort of looks out at you all and is just sort of silently looking and just, like, taking in the scene as you walk up to her. Um. I feel like this is where Cedric says something. <laughs> <laughs> uh Ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, sorry to tell you this. Uh, what was that, Nancy? Goes up to her. What was that, Nancy? K I think she said K goes up to her. Oh. That's all I heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have. Did we lose yeah. you, Nancy? Uh, Dan Dan has also been trying to reconnect. Yeah. Oh. He oh, said I didn't his laptop realize. died. His laptop died. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, it's all you, Cedric. <laughs> well, Cedric goes up because he's the godly person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, ma'am, I'm I'm sorry to report that uh, well, your husband ran into a bit of um trouble with some native animals. Um, and I'm we did everything we could, but uh, I'm I'm so sorry. There's there was nothing we could do. He's. There's nothing we can do. I'm. I'm so sorry. What do you mean? What? What happened to him? He looks awful. Yeah. Apparently, there's some kind of uh, animal that lives in the water here that just drains the life force out of out of creatures. It, we. It's not so much. It's what? It's not so much an animal as like a big scary mosquito suckery bug thing. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Some it's a it's a tiny little monster is what it is. Um, but apparently the the flooded fields are what attracted them, and there was nothing. I mean, there was no way your husband could have known that. Um, we showed up. We showed up before uh, before they before they attacked, and as soon as uh, you know, as soon as we had killed half of them, he was he was gone. So, and there wasn't. It just happened so fast. There wasn't a whole lot that um, that we could do. I understand. Uh, uh, and she comes down off the porch and sort of, you know, puts her hands on either side of his face. Um, I don't know if you, are you guys still holding him? Nah, I think no, I like set him down. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so she's on, you know, very sort of slowly and laboriously because she's so heavily pregnant, um, on her knees on the ground and puts her hands on either side of her face, or on either side of his face and just looks at him. I understand. Um, it's not like we didn't know that life here was going to be hard. This is a, a wild place where people have to make their way. And we were building this farm together to have a life. This is what I have. Well, I appreciate what you did and what you tried to do. Do you, do you have anywhere to go? This is probably... It's probably still not a safe place for you to be. Do you have family in town or? No, we moved here to start a life together with, we used everything we had to pay for passage here and buy and build this farm. This is what I have. and This is where I'll be. I'll do what I can to keep us going. I mean, it, it. Well, it sounds like the uh, this. At least, per, perhaps you might want to avoid the the field flooding in the future. Um, you know, it, it seems to uh, attract them. So I don't know if there's other things you can grow or um, if there's. I, I don't know much about farming, um, but uh, according to uh, our friend Bedwer here, that's that's the water that they seem to be attracted to. Hmm. Well, in that case, I'll uh, I'll try growing something different. Yeah. I uh, and she sort of looks to Silas. I uh, I think there are enough friendly folk around here yourselves included, I suppose, that I should be able to get by and uh, figure out a new way of being here. Uh, and Silas is sort of nodding back, like, he, I, you're getting the impression, like, he's, you know, he's older and he's been here for a while, he he told you that he's been farming outside of New Sagester almost since this was a town rather than just a naval fort. Um, so he's been around and he's seen things and it seems like he might be able to help her mm -hmm. um, or that he's willing to. So um, Lucanus turns to the wife. You know, honestly, we're just, um, we were just uh, 
passing through, but is there anything that we can do um, right here, right now, today to make you a little bit more whole? I mean, I'm, uh, I, I hate this, but I'm not in a way to be able to take care of that body myself. Um, and I, I don't know, you said the, the flooded fields are dangerous. I, I don't know what I could do about I... that myself. Um, but if there's anything in, in the way of those two things that you could help with, I'd very much appreciate it. Um, could try alternative agricultural methods. <laughs> I'm glad those are words that Bedward knows in common. Oh. <laughs> well, however, however you introduce the water to your fields, probably be a good idea to to cut that off and and try to get things to drain as, as quickly as possible so you stay safe. I'm assuming I know a little bit about water engineering. I assume you have some kind of check dam further up. We used to build, we used to build uh, some, some damming technology in, uh, in the caves when I was a kid. You want me to, I can go smash that if you want. I've got this hammer right here. It's pretty good for dam smashing. I, I suppose, uh, yeah, August had diverted a little stream to flood those. Uh, if you think that'd work, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Y'all want to come? Aye, <sighs> but if I'm going to keep helping you, I may ask for your help in return afterwards. Well, that, that seems, seems only fair. fair. I mean, you've, you've given we us did a lot. Yeah, yeah we, we did just have to uh, fight these things off together. So I think I think we can definitely uh, definitely owe you something. This group is real good at quid pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't get impeached for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm impeached every day, so... Quid uh, <laughs> destroy this dam and then um Bedwer, if there's anything we can do for you i mean your assistance in this has been invaluable um i don't think we could have survived quite as well against those creatures if you hadn't been there um i know i was completely useless in that fight or survived at all really well we can talk more about that you after. Were completely useless. No one's completely useless. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't save that fellow from dying. Well, you did the best you could. And sometimes your best doesn't work. But you tried, and that's what counts. And sometimes when you walk into a battle, things are pretty much already done. There's nothing you can do, no amount of involvement you can have that'll turn the tide. Hey, you're you're right. You're right. Mm. What do you say? Okay. All right. I yeah. 
I, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. Kay like pats him on the back. She's like, no, she's doing it. Like, there's that, Cedric. They don't completely hate you. Yeah, Cedric. It's like gives like a kind of a stiff nod. Just like I'll do better next time. Cedric, there's no reason to feel like your shirt looks right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my shirt! <laughs> filthy again! Your shit's about the only thing that's not on that shirt. <laughs> this country, I didn't factor in the need for laundromats in a, in a new world. What's a laundromat? <laughs> oh, it's this um, it's this lady that used to live near my parents' house. Oh, that was her name. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> she had a really nice rock. Yeah, yeah, she, she had, had a really, really nice rock in the stream, and I built this check dam below the stream, <laughs> dam up the water, and then she would wash the clothes in the stream, um, and yeah, beat them against this rock. Yeah, Laundra of the a long line of uh, proud, the proud Matt clan. They're a, they're... You know, one time you said that thing about your cousin having a rat farm, and this time you're describing this lady, like, you're gonna get a letter from home that you're just gonna, like, not be able to read. <laughs> I'm building way too much of a backstory for myself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fun fact, uh, in Ecuador, many people actually still wash their laundry like that. Like it's it's really common to see people washing their laundry yeah. hmm. here. Hmm. All right. Well, you guys want to go together to bust this dam, or yeah, some of us some of us want to stay here and you know help bury the body. Does she? Um. Do you do you need uh assistance? Uh money-wise to, to have a funeral for your husband, or you simply need help, you know, just creating a place for him here on your property? We're, uh, <clears throat> we're simple folk, I guess, and uh, I, I don't know that there's really the time or the occasion for something so fancy as a funeral, but I would like him to be put to rest here so that he can watch over me us, and she sort of puts her hand on her stomach, uh, us as we build our life here. So no, I, I don't I don't think I need any money, but if someone wouldn't mind helping dig a space for him, I'd appreciate that. Well, well first, before I say this, I'll check with you, Cheryl, out of character. Um, so one of my spells that Peter didn't waste... <laughs> <laughs> it's Fletcher's fault. He rolled badly. You rolled badly. <laughs> um, I still have Mage Hand prepared, which can move five pounds of object at a time. So if there's a place that she wants him buried, can I use that to dig five pounds of like soil at a time to create a space? Um, how long does that, that spell last? It's concentration. That its duration really? is just concentration. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess in that case you could. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so you're right, Joe. Five pounds isn't that much dirt, but if we want no, to get into not. the math, of, if we want to get into the math of how much dirt that would move. <laughs> well, so. that's also depending on what is your bulk density of the soil that you're looking at, and your what's your texture and your structure. But you know. 
I mean, if um, you want to sit there and stare at the ground while a spectral hand scoops a grave, go for it, man. I mean, it also it also depends on like um, on like the depth of the grave. You know, if we're looking to do something <laughs> that might not necessarily be uncovered that easily, we should probably dig it deeper. Well, I, I mean, I, this lasts for concentration, it. so if, if I can use this to move dirt, I can do it to whatever specifications we need. And oh, that way no okay. one is in the hole with a shovel trying to dig it. Oh, okay. Five pounds is more than you lift with a typical shovel full. So, I mean, that's a lot more. Yeah. Like, I would bet, like, with a typical shovel full, you get about, like, two, three pounds of dirt? Yeah. I would think. So, yeah. So, okay, so it's about a double shovel. Yeah. Yeah. So super efficient. Well, oh, well, okay. So let's think about this, because it's a spectral hand about the size of a regular person's hand. So it can pick up an object that weighs five pounds, <laughs> like a book or something. But that's not what's happening here, because the dirt is not a single object. So basically, you're asking a single human hand to scoop. So, so it's, it's not like a post hole digger. No, it's not a post hole digger. It's not, and it's not even the volume or the width of a shovel. So um, you could do that, but it's going to take you a while. Well, what if, well, rather than still somebody doing it, what if I have the hand use a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> just make Joe dig it. Dig it. <laughs> like, do I just give it a shovel? Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to be. Way comes up pretty quick on Google. Thanks, Google. Um, I mean, I can stay back and dig, dig the, uh, um, you know, dig the, dig the grave. Uh, although, you know, yeah, if it won't work, that's fine. I was just trying to creatively use magic. No, it's, but it's if it great. doesn't work, that's fine. It, it could. Um, it says the weight of a shovel typically ranges from 3.3 pounds to 6.6 pounds because they had it in kilograms first. Um, so why yeah. would anybody know that? I. <laughs> It was on an OSHA website, so... All right, all right. You do, yeah. you go. OSHA. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you had a very light shovel, then the hand could use it and then also pick up some dirt with it. But, yeah, so, yes, I'm not telling you you can't. I'm just saying that it might take longer than you think. Um. Well, Fletcher, time to dig yourself out of this hole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> No, that's true. That was all just asking me. He didn't say a word. Um, true. <laughs> well, then, yeah, then it sounds like it would be equivalent. If so, so if there's someone willing to dig, then I think someone would just dig. So, um, so I won't. I won't say anything. I'm gonna go to the to the uh, irrigation spot. Okay. <clears throat> um. I mean, yeah. it'll all go faster if you can't do the magic. If you can't do the magic digging, digging yourself a hole will go faster. If um, you know we're all involved, so I mean, we can all go bust up this dam and uh, and you know dig the grave. I feel like two people's an ideal number to dig a grave. I'm not yeah, speaking from. Yeah, I don't think you can fit like very that. many more people <laughs> and shovels in a grave. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and two in, means in you can order, have a really nice Shakespearean dialogue. So. In order, in order to, in order to dig a grave, technically you need three people, or sorry, yeah, in order to dig a grave, technically you need two people, only one of whom's going to do the work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. K can be one of those people not doing that work. <laughs> Boy, I love a volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's all go. Let's all go deal with the dam, and then we'll come back here and dig a grave. Wait. 
Who's yeah. great? Sounds like a great to do list if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Continuously getting restructured. Let's do that. Yeah. I sounds good. Okay. Right. We start walking where she told us it is. Okay. Time to damn the damn. Time to damn the damn. Um, yeah, so you guys head back to the flooded field um, where you were before. Um, and are you just searching for the, the place where the irrigation is happening? Um, can we see... Do we see if the fields are constructed in any way that... Like, if they were really easily disrupted... Like, if there's any kind of, like, berm around them to create a lens for the water that, like, something really obvious that it's like, oh, if you, like, kick this in, water would flow, like, excess water would flow out of it quickly as well. Because that, like, is there, is there a, is, do we, can you see a, a simple, like, drainage solution to the fields? Okay. Um, how about some perception checks? Okay. Woo! Rolling dice! Ooh, I can read my character sheet. Yeah, you phone. can. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not gonna be useful this for this one. I don't what? care what my bonus is because I just got like a two. Woo! <laughs> I have a fifteen total. Okay. Ooh, I got a sixteen. You got a sixteen. So. I got a, I a five. Nineteen. Twenty. Twenty-four. Yeah. And what did you say, Bedward? I had a two plus three for five. Oh, alrighty. Um, so Kay, <clears throat> you get a really good lay of the land. Um, uh, Cedric and Fletcher, you catch almost as much detail as she does. Uh, Lucanus and Bedwer are bored because there's nothing to smash right now. Punching <laughs> 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 each other. Very, very <laughs> <up the> <laughs> I see a large rock over there. I want to pass it back and forth. <laughs> sure. Like no, they're just ball. sitting over there playing catch with like a five pound rock. Oh my god, that seems very. It feels very on brand that the two barbarians are the ones that didn't. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Fletcher's like ethereal <laughs> hand is just trying to slap it away because <laughs> five pound rock. <laughs> um, yeah. So Kay, you see both um, at one end of the field. Um, there's a little stream that seems to be running through the grasslands out here that. Um, ran sort of right against the edge of where August built this field. Um, and so there's a there's a diversion space over there where he like diverted some of the water from the stream into these fields. Um, but yes, there is also a little bit of like an earthworks around them. They're, they're a little like recessed into the ground. Um, so yeah, if you were able to sort of like uh, create some channels, you might be able to get that water to leave. Um, and also if you were to block off that place where he diverted the stream. Hey guys, look at that stream over there <laughs> at the edge of the field. Great synthesis, yeah. <laughs> so if, if all you smashy smashy types go over to that, you can cut off the flow of the stream into the field. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to walk around the perimeter of the field and, and knock out some of these walls around it. And hopefully that means we can not only stop new water from coming in, but get the water that's in the field now out really quickly. Cedric's going to wade into the creek um, and kind of get out into the middle and, and try and like start like pushing, pushing the, the dam down. Okay. 
it's double duty. duty. It's wash, rinsing his shirt out. <laughs> <laughs> and I just assume that he's, there's no way to... There is no hope for your shirt. So, washing the cold approximately how... Approximately how big is this dam compared to, like, your standard enemy? Uh, <laughs> it's not very big. Like I said, this is, like, a, it's a little, like, rivulet that just sort of makes its, you know, it's it's basically the luck of the draw kind of thing for this little stream to have been making its way through the grasslands. Um, so it's not a very big stream. I don't even know that it's big enough that Cedric would be, like, wading into it. Like, it's, it's pretty narrow and pretty shallow. It's just enough that, like, with this little bit of a diversion, it slowly sort of had created standing water in the field. Um, so I'm not even going to make you guys roll. Like, it's very easy to take this apart. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Lucanus just sort of <laughs> kicks the dam as hard as he can. Not like not, not like one of those soccer kicks, but like one of those sort of pushing slash stomp kicks. Mm -hmm. Like a like this is Sparta door, kick. Not like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, this is Sparta kick. He's curb, he's curb stomping it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, then we'll take his axe to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you guys make pretty short work of it. Is there yeah, anything especially else? Especially Cedric, because he's short. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do something more useful than give bad puns all night. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's like those jokes are never gonna get old. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you guys would like to do while you're out here in the field? Well, I mean, we have to divert that water too, right? Is, or did just... So the wa we've diverted the water that's, so we've removed the dam, so the water's not coming into the field anymore. Is there also a dam keeping the water in the field, or is it just like... Yeah, like I said, the, the field is sort of like, <clears throat> he, he basically like carved out a depression, and then diverted the water into that depression. Um, so there's not, like, it's not like earthworks or berms that he built up so much as, like, this field is just a little lower in the ground than everywhere else, but if you dug some channels and, you know, sort of sloped them and whatever, it would probably drain out eventually. You could get it out into the drier soil next right. to it and get the water to drain out. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what Fletcher's been walking around doing, like, just, like, every, like, 20 feet or so, just stop and just, like, dig. Like probably using like the end of his quarter staff, just like digging holes through the through the soil. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it doesn't take you guys more than like 15, 20 minutes to accomplish all of that, and and feel like um, you're reasonably sure that the water is not gonna keep sitting in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, while this is all going on, Bedroom will every so often sort of be looking up and glancing around, scanning the, the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give me a perception check? Sure. Nope. Should I do one too? <laughs> uh, it depends. Are you keeping watch or are you doing anything else? Uh, I'm just sort of, like, vigilant, but I also got another, like, I also got a three this time, so... <laughs> look at all these fun rocks to kick over! over. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a four plus three for a seven. Uh, you don't see anything. Um, you're, 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 like, you're trying to keep a lookout on the horizon for those things you're looking for, um, but you're also still, like, kind of unsure about these weird people that you met today, and, like, even though you've now gone through a little bit of battle with them, which definitely earns some points for them in your eyes, like, you're also, still, like, you you're keeping a pretty good eye on them and trying to figure out not who they are and what they're about. Fair enough. 
I think Nancy's saying something. Oh, is she? You're real quiet, Nancy. Uh, I would also like to keep watch. She's keeping watch. Am I back? Nancy is also keeping watch. Yes. yes. I, I can, can hear her, her and Ryan can hear her. I'm keeping watch, yes. I can hear her, but she she is uh, a little on the quiet side. I can, Just yeah, yelling. I can hear her, and she's on the quiet side, and it sounds like she's, like, been fast-forwarded. Yeah, there's a little bit of a delay, and then it's catching up, so it's speeding through sometimes. That's all. That's just how Nancy talks, y'all. <laughs> that is true, too. <laughs> it's, that, it's that Yankee upbringing. Yeah. Um, I can't hear her at all, um, but Nancy... Oh, again? Yeah. If you're also keeping watch, Nancy, um, can you give me, through the guys, um, a little more detail about, like, what exactly you're keeping watch for? Or, like, like basically, are you looking in the fields? Are you looking along the horizon? Like, what's the... What, what sort of keeping watch are you doing? I bet we're scanning the horizon for... for I will yell and also speak really slow. Okay. She said she's going to yell and also speak really slow. Okay. Okay, Nancy, what are you scanning the horizon for? Maybe she can't hear me. I don't know. Nancy, did you... I just heard. I can hear you. Oh, okay. did you do a perception check? I feel like I can hear the things that she said like two minutes ago. Maybe I'm not sure. Can you hear me, Nancy? Y'all should call me back. I'm gonna hang up and then okay. call me back. Okay. I did. I got a 13 plus five. No, whatever. Seven, eighteen, eighteen. She, she got an eighteen. She got an eighteen. Got an eighteen. Okay. Oh, Cheryl heard that. No, I didn't hear that. I, oh. I heard the things that she said to you guys like two minutes beforehand because I heard her say the and stuff. What is what <laughs> even is? This? And could she only hear? Was she not hearing some of us? But then yeah, was Ecuador? Yeah, Ecuador. Yeah, Ecuador, it, Ecuador check. Ecuador check. She yeah. said that VC on her phone keeps like logging her out, which is fun. Huh. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it sounds pretty uh. similar to the bandwidth issues I was having last week. Mm-hmm. Well, if she gets back, I can tell her what she sees, but... <laughs> Everybody look at my kitty while we wait! Oh, Aww, Nina. Nobody. <laughs> she seems very content with that. Oh, yeah, she's, she's super, super into it. it. Yeah. This is what you get for trying to play with the dice. <laughs> we had to put our cat on a diet, and so earlier today, I just looked over, and she was sitting there forlornly in front of her food bowl, just staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mina, she, she doesn't... She's not that... Uh, I wouldn't say... She's not that patient for her food. She would... She'd, she lets me know when she's not being fed sufficiently. Um She'll wander around and find something to knock over or, or something like that. She never does that unless she's like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's dinner time. Um, yeah, my, my cat just, my cat just screams. Uh, like, I think, I think there might be a dog fight happening out in the yard right now. I hear a lot of barking and snarling. What? You could or just a that. dog, maybe there's a dog and a wild animal. Like, Cheryl, try calling Nancy back. Or, I, I oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. The only the only wild okay. animals we have around these available <laughs> numbers are antelopes. Um, antelopes. Okay, yeah. it sounds like Nancy's going to bow out because she's struggling with the tech. 
Sorry right. about that, folks. Then so Kay, Kay was looking around. Kay was looking around. Um, so Kay says, hey, guys. Um, and she sort of um, points out to you that um, as, as the water is, as the water level is going down from all the, the places where um, Fletcher kicked the Berman, um, you can sort of see she's pointing out some like weird stuff that doesn't look like dirt. Um, you can sort of, um, if you want to, you can give me like a search check to figure out um, more details about what those things might be. A what check? Search. Oh, search. Okay, okay. I thought search was one of the ones that we, like, did away with to, to do <laughs> no. perception check. No, okay. Search is different. So perception check was spot and listen. Gotcha. Yeah. Spot. Perception Spotted. We got right like, the spot. Yeah. Search, or, uh, sorry, perception or spot and listen is, like, looking out at the horizon or, like, listening down a hallway in a dungeon. Search is, like, I'm going through this chest or, you know, I'm getting up close and looking for details on something. <laughs> I got a 17. I, I have a... Uh, 16. I got a... Uh, uh, huh, that's weird. Uh, I got a 19, and then I have a 2 bonus, so... Nice. All right. Yeah, so basically everybody, when you look where K is pointing, um, you see that there's this sort of, like, anomalous bits um, in some of the the areas where like the where the water had been sitting and as it's draining away you can see these like small um, like it's almost like a like a, a a strip or a square or a raft you might say of these little um, ovoid things um, yeah uh, I don't know if you want to do something about those or not uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we're all entomologists here. We all know what needs to be done. Smashy, smashy. Burn them. Burn them. Burn them with fire. Yeah. Wait, are they edible? Mm. Everything's edible once. Everything's edible once, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. You're the one who ate, like, a weird piece of a random sea plant that you didn't know anything about. I have, you know what, to be completely honest, I have always wondered what, like, an insect egg omelet would taste like. Like, if you were to crack an insect egg and just very lightly scramble it up, and then fry it, and then blow... Anyways. Well, Joe, now is your chance to try it in D&D and make sure yeah. that's what it tastes like. Yeah, with, with eggs that presumably are large enough to do that. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily, <laughs> without collecting, like, <laughs> yeah. many. <laughs> This is a sturge omelet is easier than a mosquito omelet. You are correct. Yeah. Now I just <laughs> I now I really want to throw it out there. What is the largest insect egg? Like what is does anybody have a no off the top of their head? Like, oh shoot. Um there's a guy in my department who does stuff with that and he just gave a talk on it. And it was really interesting because he was talking about how like they thought that like um so he's an Evo Devo person. Um, so they were looking at like whether or not um, insect egg size and shape um, sort of track together, um, and also whether or not they track to like the body size of the adult. And the conclusion that he's reached so far is that the um, activation of the genes that determine the size and the shape of an insect egg actually have more to do with the environment in which the mm -hmm. egg is laid. So like mm -hmm. insects that have um, parasite or parasitoid tendencies, or also insects that lay their eggs in water, have um, 
like like those the, that life history or that that um, yeah that life history characteristic is a better predictor for egg size and shape than um, other things that they might have hypothesized. So I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing that study. There was like a review that they published recently yeah. that was about egg morphology yeah. and, and its relationship to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Bender, did, uh, you, did you actually say Burnham, like, in character? I... <laughs> wait, wait, what? Burn, burn what? The little bits of dirt? Those, those are sturge eggs. They can oh. stay viable even when dry for several years. He knows the word viable and not Her vocabulary is exceptional. Yeah, I'm, I'm a quick learner. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know what viable means, but it sounds bad. I can pick up from context clues. Um, um, Cheryl, are, are sturges common even outside of Arda? No. So basically what your character was able to figure out last time when you were investigating the dead farm animal bodies is that like you, you knew or you've read enough because you've read extensively um, that there are definitely animals on multiple continents that consume the bodily fluids of animals. So like you're familiar with the idea of like vampire bats or mosquitoes or things like that. Um, and so you had, Fletcher had in fact suggested that this could be something like that. Um, and then Fletcher's suggestion of that um, is what prompted Bedwer to realize that this was probably the work of Sturges. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, you, you were not specifically familiar with Sturges. They are endemic to Arda, um, or at least to this southern portion of Arda. Um, but this is a this is a first time for you to encounter them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it sounds like we sounds like we should destroy these things if they if they turn into more of these problematic uh, beasts. Uh, but uh, Bedwer, is there a way, if I took one of these eggs, a way to that you know to preserve it so that I might study it and make observations of it? Since you know, it, since we know it becomes this completely different beast, uh, I'd like to uh, add this to uh, the the information I've been writing down about the things we encounter here. Oh no! If, if you take some sort of thin fibrous material and put the eggs on it, fold it up and keep them dry. They can remain uh, viable for quite a while and just put them in water and they should hatch. So as long as so as long as I keep them dry, it'll be okay and then I can destroy them when I'm done. Yes. Hey, hey 80s operates under gremlin rules. I just realized that. <laughs> 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 well, Fletcher takes like a couple eggs. Oh boy. Uh, Eric wants to know if you're trying to get a Sturge familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, See, hell, I, I would. I, I love that'd the idea. Very, that'd be very difficult to control. I feel like. Yeah, I also I love the idea that you're just like, oh, that's cool. I'll just keep them in my backpack, and it's like that's fine until you fall into a creek, and then you're like, oh no. <laughs> I, I, all I can picture is like there's so many sci-fi movies where like yeah, he's gonna have it in his backpack until something terrible happens. Right. Like, oh god. <laughs> Do you want well, aliens? I mean, this is how you get it. Something terrible <laughs> doesn't even have to happen. He just has to get 
kind of wet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe well, Ledger's just somebody who sweats a lot. Although maybe you know? for a cat, that is something terrible. Um, no, I'm, I'm putting them in. I have various uh, like vials and stuff. So they go in a vial with a cork and then are in my backpack. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm uh, Cedric is just like going around and, like picking picking these up. Um, mm-hmm. Are there uh, enough that like can Cedric carry them all? Like, is it? I mean, they're not like ginormous. Yeah, you could probably like get an armful and and have cleared the field. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna do that. Um, so, uh, Lucanus is gonna help carry a few as well, because he can just sort of like twist them. And along the start way, firing, start firing. Start getting the fire going. Okay. Oh, okay. So. As soon as you get the fire going, Cedric's going to start just dumping them on the fire. I don't know why, but I Wait. suddenly imagined them popping like popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assume they were going to pop. Wait, can, yeah. we, can, we get a, can we get a pot to boil them? Because, you know, it's food. Why waste food? We oh. um, had a rat in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, Cooking with I, I, I right? hear, I hear, I hear. Cedric's family raises the finest of rats. If we mm-hmm. can get one of those rats, we'll be eating good. No, actually, it's not my family that raises rats. It's my second cousin who raises the rats. Are they organic, free-range rats? Oh. And actually, he was great. He was raising a um, it's a fur rat breed, so not really much for meat. I mean, you know, you don't waste them, but you know, fur rat. Yeah. Are you are you wearing any fur rat fur, Cedric? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my my boots are lined. They have <laughs> with uh, rat fur. <laughs> oh my God. Nice and toasty. Okay. Yeah. Um, good to know. Yeah. Oh, Eric says they're hypoallergenic rats. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Only the finest. Only the best rats. Mm-hmm. Only, Only the best, best rats. rats. But, but no, you can't raise raise free range rats. rats. They get they just they run away and they get into stores and you, you have, have to raise them in cages. It's it's okay. it's a rat cafo. Okay. Yeah. So no free range rats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rat cafos. Good yeah. Yeah. But they're well treated. <laughs> yeah. No no antibiotics or anything like that. You know. Oh, sure. Those haven't been invented yet, so of course not. <laughs> yeah, we would use antibiotics if we had them because uh, we care about animal welfare and we don't let our animals just die when they get sick. I mean, I mean, honestly, yes. this, if we're if we're inventing, if we're talking about things that could be really useful in this situation, this entire debacle could have been invi- could have been avoided with pyrethroids. Oh my God! Yes. I proposed we magically modify the Sturges to make them sterile and raise them in mass <laughs> <really so. laughs> um, That's a great idea. You can uh, do that, but there would be a lot less XP earning because you'd just be sitting in a lab all the time. Not so hey, that's good experience. Well, that also... <laughs> yeah. That also... That also... So that also raises a the question I've always had about D&D, like, who would earn more XP? The guy who's, if, like, the world involved D&D, like, who would earn more XP? Like, the guy who flies over farm fields spraying insecticides and herbicides all over the place, or an MMA fighter? It really depends on your DM and how they choose to calculate stuff. (laughs) Because each tiny, tiny insect killed by the insecticide probably is not worth much CR or XP on its own. 
Um, but the MMA fighter does not actually kill its victims, so it really depends on how your your DM or your god chooses to count XP. <laughs> or we hope the MMA fighter doesn't kill their victims. Right. Yeah. They, they got, got they, they got, got all that ro- the, the MMA you've got all that role playing that goes along beforehand, you know, yeah. when they like you know all that talking and stuff like that. So that's there's there's XP there. Mm. Role playing, right? Yeah. Tested intimidation rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Um. All right, so let's uh, oh. let's head back and um. Wait, wait did, did you, you cook, cook some of these? Burn or boil these things? He wants to go get a pot. I mean, <laughs> you don't have a Lucana, pot on you. I I don't. Lucanus is Lucanus is the kind of guy who like basically like eats trail food wherever he goes because that's kind of what he's been used to most of these years. You, you could try, try just tucking them into the coals, coals you yeah. know. Some some foil. Yeah, some foil. Like a baked right. potato. Sure. Or if you, you peel well, off, the, I mean, you peel off eggs, the wrapper a little bit and stuff in some chocolate chips. Well, I mean, eggs you eggs you typically either boil or you know fry. You don't really roast them over a fire. You don't. <laughs> Peter, we are going to have to cook eggs sometime. Now I am. Curious. Now I kind of want to know because like they've got a. a shell is semi-permeable so like what would happen if you stuck an egg in the coals of a fire like would it just explode it's gotta just explode yeah yeah there's no that's what happens that's what happens when you put an egg in a microwave so I have a gas stove. If you guys want me to ruin my stove right now, I will ruin that stove. I have a fire pit. I'll just put something in the fire pit. I could go get a candle. We could do it. We could live stream it. That would be excellent. I feel like what would happen to me, I would burn myself. That would be, you would see, the egg would get really hot, and I'd be like, ow! Just like that. Make sure you put on eye protection first. Yeah, I have some of that. I put on a pair of goggles from lab every time I want to cut an onion or a shallot or a jalapeno. Yep. They help with onions so much. Yeah. I, I've, I I've have... had too many bad bad takes on that. <laughs> I have stolen I have stolen more latex gloves than I would be comfortable with my advisor finding out about because I have an appetite for habaneros. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure your advisor told me recently that he is super into watching live stream D and D podcasts. So I think you're in trouble. Really? <laughs> well, so, so the thing is, there are uh, more downloads from Laramie than just me. So, I well, might be watching. Latex gloves uh, are super cheap. cheap. Joe, do you need me to buy you a box of latex gloves? <laughs> No, I think I can. I think I can pick them up from the grocery store from now on. Um, um, okay. Eric, Eric says that Bon Appetit's video. Uh, bon Appetit made a video on 59 ways to cook an egg, and one of the methods is an egg cooked on coals. Okay, all right. Um, so then let's just cook the egg on coals. The chat also thinks that we should make um, sturge pemmican or sturge bannock. Sturge what? Pemmican or bannock. Those are two both... like travel foods. Yeah, I don't know either of those things. <laughs> um, pemmican is uh, Native American, like, um, lemnus bread, I guess. <laughs> it's a terrible way of comparing that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a skillet, skillet, skillet bread, bread, right? It's a flat bread oh, okay. over a stone. No, 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 wait, right? is pemmican maybe... Um... Pe- pemmican's no. sort of a mix, like a, a Native American and fur trader 
um, trail mix kind of no, deal. It, yeah, it's like it's like it's like jerky yeah. kind of. So, so I'm, I'm looking, looking up. up sorry, I'm looking up Bannock. Yeah, it's, it's a flatbread. Bannock's yeah. A yeah, paste like a of dried fried. and pounded meat mixed with melted fat and other ingredients. Yeah. You can you can actually around Vancouver there are Bannock uh, food trucks you can go to. Really. Quite tasty. I feel like um, we could make uh, yeah Bannock Bannock is a is a is a, a, a pan bread. Uh, Round pumpkin. flat loaf. Yeah. yeah. And pumpkin is a jerky or like a like a yeah. So it's like a paste. Formed jerky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, we could uh, we could make a cooking video where we make those out of bugs because entomophagy. Okay, okay hold, hold up, y'all. So, so uh, the, the word Bannock <laughs> comes from the Latin word panicum. Which, ah. um, which is a grass. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it means it means uh, baked dough. But yeah, I'll, 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 dough. all the biologists. Oh, pan. Yeah. Yeah. All the ban uh, biologists here will recognize like panicum is a. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's a genus of grasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, hmm. I mean. Yeah. Every time the plant people in my research group say something about panic grass, I always imagine the grass just being like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the thing we do to pass field work. By the way, by the way, the uh, uh, the um the reason the reason why. Well, Joe's gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting one, one syllable from Joe every two seconds. Wait, I think he's yeah. back. What, start over again, Joe? Now he's frozen. Lost video feed. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about panicum etymology a little bit. And then there were three. <laughs> yeah. Um, some some pemmican where they, they take the, the, the meat and they'll mix it with uh, nuts and dried fruits and stuff to make a sort of trail mix with it. It's quite good as well. So we take we take Lucanus's trail food that he has. We mix it. We crack open some sturge eggs. We mix whatever the goo is inside goo. with that. Um, yeah, and then we just we get a big flat stone. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> Are you I like actually imagine, doing this, or or, or I, I like to think that we're all trying to avoid having to go back and deal with the awkward funeral that we're about to throw. <laughs> <laughs> No, we just dig the hole and leave. Yeah. I don't think we need that. Yeah. I feel like we shouldn't keep her waiting too much longer. Yeah, yeah, let's go. No, yeah, we go back. After they've all was, turned. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was thinking more Lucanus had just carried his food because um, the, uh, anyways, this was a lot more awkward than I intended it to be. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, uh, I was I was just expecting Lucanus to want to like pr- save some of the eggs for food because um, in the Art of War, uh, uh, Sun Tzu makes a pretty big point out of living off the land whenever possible because um, it gets really really expensive and time consuming to you know send supplies back and forth. So Lucanus is a big Art of War fan. <laughs> he is a mercenary. Right. <laughs> so. Oh. Bedwer and Cedric burn all the ones that Cedric has collected. Lucanus and Fletcher do whatever it is that they do with theirs. And then we leave. Okay. Yep. And then you leave. And what are you doing now? Walking back to the farmer's house to go dig that hole. Okay. Um, and I think like as, yep. as soon as we like walk up 
Cedric's going to start looking around for a shovel. Okay. Federal will, will help yeah, with that. Yeah, is too. Um, oh, no, so we're going to ask... We're going to ask the homeowner if there's a shovel. Well, so you see when you get back that um, uh, Danella is not outside right now, um, and you don't see August's body anywhere, but you do see Silas um, kind of working off to the side, um, kind of kind of to the side and, and a little behind the house um, with a shovel already. Um, and it looks like he might have pulled, like he's, he's got the shovels that he was able to collect um, sort of leaning up against the house, and he's digging. How, so he's got how many shovels? Because we want to know how in each other's way we're going to be for this. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like he's got one, and then there's like one other like regular size shovel, and then like a garden trowel. Cedric <laughs> takes the garden trowel. <laughs> Bedro will Lucanus, grab a, grab a shovel, a, but ask Lucanus for instructions. Okay. Wait, well, Lucanus what? Lucanus takes the shovel, walks over the hole, oh. and is, uh, can I oh, be no. of help? Uh, Lucanus and Bedwar both reach for the shovel at the same time. What are you guys going to do? I don't know. Bedwar is pretty impassive, so he'll just let it be. Okay. In that case, Lucanus, you grab the shovel. Yep. Then I'm going to walk over to Silas and ask him if I can be of any help. Can I be of any help, Silas? Uh, yeah, please. It'll go faster with two, I guess. Yeah. Um, you can see he sort of, you know, he did the thing with, like, the tip of the shovel before he started where he, like, scraped out the dimensions. So you can sort of yeah, start uh, working on it, yeah. So um, Lucanus, uh, Lucanus starts digging him. Lucanus starts digging himself a hole faster than Cedric in a normal social conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Cedric, what are you doing with that trowel? Uh, Cedric's just gonna like throw the trowel to the ground because it's it's too small to do any work with. Um, and he's gonna go um, uh, see if he can find some like scrap wood to make like a head piece out of. Okay. A head piece. Mm-hmm. A headstone. Yeah. Well, it's not a stone. Oh, a, a headstone! <laughs> I thought he was gonna make a fancy hat. A head headboard. No, headboard. A grave headboard. A gravestone. A grave marker. Grave marker. There um, we go. One of those things that they put your name and date of life yeah. and accomplishments on. And what kind of wood are you looking for? Just uh, just anything that's lying around looks like it's scrap. Like mm-hmm. I figure, you know, it's a farm, so there's just like piles of crap everywhere. Um, yeah, they've got a they've got a barn. You can find a piece of wood in there pretty easy. All right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> While all of this is, is going on, Bedwar is going to be uh, continuously glancing to the horizon every now and then. And uh, even though even though Nancy's not here, he'll still sort of try to surreptitiously stare at, at Kay now and then as if he's trying to ponder something important about her. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, hmm. Not that any of us probably noticed yeah, that. Yeah, we don't but... notice at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fletcher, you're not doing anything, but everybody else is occupied. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you are doing something. I, I'm probably looking at the eggs in my vial that I just collected. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, do, I just finished taking notes about the other weird plant that I collected, and now I need to start try. taking notes on, you know, the life cycle of this new animal. I was going to say, y'all, Ryan has given me so much behind-the-scenes work because I have to keep emailing him with details of all these things he, that he's uh, researching <laughs> that you guys find. <laughs> So, so we, we did, did also kill, kill some of the Sturges with 
like martial weapons. So like there are adult bits that you could have picked up too. Oh. I wasn't. Um, are those? I guess while you're doing that, if those are nearby, I'm assuming you did it right. You you were like on the farm, mm -hmm. like near the fields when it happened. Mm -hmm. Or I guess I was too, but I wasn't here. Um, I guess while the digging is going on, I might I would go back to that area and not collect the parts because I assumed they were probably a little too big for me to really be like collecting. It's not like the eggs, um, mm -hmm. but like taking notes and sketching whatever I can um, on on what's there. Like um, now that I know that now that I have these eggs and I can like see like a, a life cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, are you using your cantrip to take a? Photograph, or are you just drawing yourself? No, yeah, it's purely, yeah, it's it's, it's doodling. Uh, I figure, you know, because they're doing that, and there's kind of nothing going on, so I'm not worried about um, anything like exact right now. Sure. Um, yeah. Bedware will also you'll you'll catch him here and there glancing at, at Lucanus's ears as if these are things that he's not used to to seeing. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. It doesn't take too awfully long for Lucanus and Silas to finish um, the the grave, and at this point, um, Danella sort of sticks her head out of the front door, and um, Silas lets her know that it's ready, um, and he starts moving in towards the house and asks, "Does uh, is anyone uh, could anyone help me bring him back out? I managed to get him in there myself, but uh, might be a little more dignified." Lucanus can help. Yep, I, <laughs> I, uh, I feel, I feel a lot of failure about not being able to protect your husband. So <laughs> if there's anything I can do, I, you know, I can certainly carry him out. All right. Um. So you and you and Silas go into the house, and you can see that uh, Silas brought August's body into what you know was probably their bedroom, um, and laid him out, and she you know, bathed the body a little bit and put him in some nice clothes and, you know, combed his hair and everything to make sure that he looked presentable. Um, yeah, so then I guess you guys, uh, you ready? Is this a place where we do coffins? I don't, I don't know what the burial rituals are. I mean, there's not necessarily a whole lot of time to make one, unfortunately, so... Uh... All right. Yeah, she didn't sound like she wanted anything, like, too much Funny. of a, much of a to-do. She, yeah. she was like... Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll respect I'll respect your wishes, and um, he just sort of helps Silas <laughs> get the body out of the house and drag it to the hole. Okay. Um, are you guys going to do anything else? Kind of feel like once it's lo once he's lowered into the grave, we probably just split. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta we do gotta. We, do we don't want to fill the grave back, back in? in? I, so we have to be here for the whole funeral? <laughs> I mean, you're going to leave a pregnant woman to refill a grave? <laughs> I mean, Silas is, Silas is obviously staying with her. As as the body's being lowered and the grave's being filled, Bedward will sort of hum a, a somber, sort of deep, somber, dirge-y, like mm -hmm. dirge-like sort of tune. You're not going to Keen for us? <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> so... The, the head marker that Cedric has made is, is it's like a, a piece with like a cross piece up top. Like it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a kind of a simplified hammer uh, okay. with like a, a, a peg through a hole. Um, and he's going to 
pound that into the ground, uh, like right at the, the head of the grave. Um, like a, it looks like a T, basically. Looks like a T. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a hammer. Yeah, it's a hammer. You know, he might he might have an ulterior motive there. I mean, you know, that's my holy symbol. I don't know what he, you know, what god he worships, but you didn't ask. No, I didn't. But I mean, she can make her own headpiece if she wants. Lucanus, Lucanus, um, bows his head mournfully as the funeral progresses. He doesn't really have much to add. He's not normally on the uh, mourning side of death. So he just doesn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. He's normally the one causing it. He's <laughs> normally the one causing the pain, not the one experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, anything else? Nope. 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 <laughs> after, after we're all finished up here, I can sure use your help. We fill in your end of this agreement. Yeah, we'd be glad to offer you any assistance we can. We appreciate your your knowledge and your fighting skills in this unfortunate situation, so we'd be glad to, to give you any help you need. Definitely the least we can do. And based on what has just happened today, you will probably run into something else out here that we have no idea what's going on. Uh, so I imagine we can learn a lot from you while we're out here. Well, and we would also that's... like we would also like some uh, input on some of the um, some of our other objectives while we're out here. So just questions about things you might have seen or yeah. Well, that's the thing. There might be something out here that my people don't even know what it is. Oh, really? Oh, this I, sounds exciting. I, my cousin Raybert was out scouting for the clan. He came across some goblins. We, we know what these are. We fight with them all the time. But they had something else with them. Something taller, much taller and larger. Taller even than our people. They were heavily armored. They looked somewhat goblin-esque, but he was a bit far away. Couldn't be too sure. Hmm. A chief asked me to scout for them, but we have no idea what they are. Have Have you ever heard of anything like this? Everyone can make for me a knowledge local, or a knowledge history, or what other knowledge do you have? Let's see what my modifier is. <clears throat> oh! I just got a nat 20. (laughs) That's a 19 for me. I got an 18. Marvelous. (laughs) Why are all of our our rolls this good when not in combat? (laughs) Hey, this is important. Um, And what would Kay have rolled? I mean... We're not rolling for her on this. <laughs> All right. Sure. Um, local. She's the only one that would have local knowledge. <laughs> well, it's not actually local to Arda knowledge that's important here. It's actually Lucanus's mm. local to his home place local knowledge that's important. Um, Cedric, 
you have no idea what's going on. You've like heard of goblins. They're pretty ubiquitous around the globe, but um, you haven't really encountered them before. Um, Fletcher, this sounds a little concerning to you. You're familiar with um, the lists of goblinoid races that have been recorded around the, the planet of Lacedes, and, and you think you might you think you might know what this is, but you're a little hesitant to say. Lucanus, it's like a punch in the gut. You hear this description, and all you can think is the orcs that wiped out your people. Yeah. I am so, so sorry. This... Yeah, let's... Uh, Lucanus sort of looks back at... Looks back at Cedric, Fletcher, and Kay, and... It's like, yeah, we're we're gonna need to help this guy out um, because if, if this is what I think it is, it is about to get very, very bad for their clan. What is it? Some, some kind, kind of super, super goblin? goblin? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. You can you can think about it that way, um, but uh, they need. They're going to need some help with this. Maybe maybe it is best I bring you back to our chief. Tell him tell him what you told me and what you know of these creatures before we formulate a plan. Yeah, I can I can help. I've seen them before. All right. How far is your I mean, where how far is your town from here? <laughs> I, I, I don't think we discussed that. How far had you been walking before you encountered them? It's about a, a day and a half. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I, I was taking it pretty slow, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I appreciate slow. I can't keep it up with these giants. It's so difficult, so... Uh, um, Could always give you a piggyback ride, Cedric. I, I stopped for a picnic and uh, you know, <laughs> had a nap. Oh my God. Uh, well, yeah, I should probably get started then, I guess. Yeah, we're we're prepared for a couple of days out in the woods, anyway. So um, we're we, yeah, we can leave now, unless anybody has any objections. Um, Will give us an opportunity to eat those eggs. <laughs> I, wait, you you kept some of those? I thought you did. I didn't keep Canis, any of them. Lucanus holds up. Lucanus holds up a small satchel full of full of sturge eggs. It's free food, man. You never refuse free food, <laughs> especially out on the trail. Okay. Lucanus lives by the grad student credo. <laughs> <laughs> Optimal foraging strategy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Bedver will will start heading out in the uh, right direction. Okay. Um, this sounds like an excellent place for us to take a little bio break. Yep. Um, yeah. So the. PCs managed to get rid of any lasting remnants of the Sturges in the farm field and make it so that the Sturges won't come back. 
they helped Danella Timber deal with her husband's death, and hopefully she'll be soldiering on from there. Um, and they are on their way to Bedwar's troop camp, tribe. Um, Plan. Plan. So, yeah, join us back here in, like, five-ish, ten-ish minutes. We'll be back, and uh, we'll see what happens when the uh, the PCs meet their first indigenous tribe on Arda. Ooh. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, go. Well, it sounds like we're back. Hope everybody had a good break. Um, yeah, so you guys are... Um, walking on foot, <laughs> following Bedware back um, to the place where he left his clan to go on this scouting mission. Um, and as he stated, um, he, it took him maybe like a day and a half to get to where he met you, but that was because he was sort of taking, not, not a leisurely route per se, but because he was scouting, he was sort of going, he was making S's back and forth, right, to try to cover a lot of the countryside. He wasn't walking in a perfectly straight line. Um, so as you guys are walking in a perfectly straight line back to his clan, it's maybe like a half a day's travel. Um, so I would say that you probably reached the clan, like, with all of what happened um, earlier in the day, you're probably reaching the clan like just about the same time the sun's going down. Uh, so I imagine we're like talking to Bedwar as we're. I mean... oh, yeah, so I mean the the spices that are rat spices, the best ones I I find are you get a little bit of sage on there and uh, you oh, know. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I, sage is one of my favorites. I feel like it's really under underused as a spice, you know? Everybody's always into their rosemary or whatever, but yeah, if I can get a good sage, you know, sage is, is really hard to come by in the caves where I grew up. Uh, and so, you know, it was always a, a real treat around the holidays when we'd get some shipments of I love sage so much. Sage rubbed rat meat. I couldn't get sage. I'd go into a sage rage. <laughs> sage rage. <laughs> That's really good. I can't believe you're making jokes in common. That your your grasp of the language is so good. I wish I could pick up languages that quickly. Like I said to the disembodied voice in the sky earlier, I'm a quick learner. Did you really just do the so, thing where so you complimented minute, when you complimented a, a non-native speaker on their on their accent? Cedric, Cedric, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you guys have access to spices, but not vegetables. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spices are a dry good. They're easy to store and ship long distance. They last for like a couple of years if you keep them well sealed, whereas vegetables go bad quickly. Have, have you heard of canning? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Does canning exist in this world? Dude. <laughs> there's also there's also like preserves you can like I figure dry we're out more at the like, fermented foods level, you know? I mean there's pickling. Mm. The ancient art of pickling. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Lucanus. Yes. I have a question for you. Shoot. So Kay, Kay over there, she says her her people are called girls, but you have twenty ears. What are what are your people called again? Uh I uh, I'm an elf, and quite frankly, there's not a whole lot of us anymore. 
Where where do you come from? I uh, come from a, uh, a continent called Yudavan. Uh, uh, um, it was uh, uh, it's um, oh I was not expecting this question and I do not know where my backstory is. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, it is it is uh, um, it's across the sea from here. Uh, it's to, it's to the uh, west. It's two days to the west. Oh, it's more than two days, but it's to the west. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a few. Okay, I do not. It's a few days to the west. Ah, here we go. Ah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, yeah. I come from a, a, a small village um, on the continent of Udavan, and uh, um, it's it's uh, west of here. Um, a little bit of a journey by sea. Uh, yeah. Do gods live there? Uh, they used to. Um, Corellian and uh, Yandala. Um, and uh, uh, it, um, yeah, they, uh, um, it's no, um, it's no longer the place it used to be. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Cedric pipes up. Did, did you interact with the gods here before the loss? I... I'm a, a follower of the nature god myself, but uh, it has been a while. Uh, so we yeah we never really interacted with the um, the gods on on this continent before the loss. Um, do you do you know anything about? I mean that's it's a it's a it's a well debated topic among the theological circles in. Uh, where I'm from, about about the loss. Do your people have any theories or knowledge about what happened with the gods and why they disappeared? Aye, but uh, when we get to our camp, I'll introduce you to our wise woman, Ishbel. She will, will know more about the answers you seek. Okay. I, thanks. Yeah, I'd really appreciate uh, discussion with a you know a fellow theological scholar. Um, that's, that sounds. That's oh, hey, look! There's there's my village right there. What, what good time! <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> no, that was all great. I love it. Um, yeah. So, as uh, as Bedward points. Um, you can see sort of a, a collection of structures, and it's it's definitely apparent even at a distance that these are um, a nomadic people because they're sort of um, they're structures that are definitely structurally sound and have utility, but they also are made of materials and constructed in such a way that they can easily be dismantled and packed up and carried somewhere else. Um, so lots of sort of like tents and lean-tos and uh, things like that. Um, yeah, so you are on the outskirts of the village. And you can see um, the sun is just about set, um, but there are, like, some torches and things lit, and there are still people moving around. I'll, uh, as we uh, start approaching the village, I'll, I'll let out a call in uh, 
the vaccine, mm -hmm. just to let, let my people know that I've returned. Mm -hmm. um, wave to, to uh, sentries that I, that I see and mm -hmm. uh, say to these guys, follow me. And you may be stared at quite a bit. I was going to say, uh, even though you're waving to the sentries, they sort of, um, you know, there's there's two more um, Evixians, kind of the same the same size and disposition as Bedwer, sort of um, approach you guys uh, as you're entering the camp and sort of not like threateningly put their weapons out because they know Bedwer, but sort of just you know have them ready and sort of point at all of you and start speaking to him in a in a language that you all don't understand. Um, but basically, Bedwer, they're asking you. Who the heck are these guys, and what's going on? I'll, I'll explain it. Over, Lucanus looks over at um. Oh, what Dan? What's your character's name? I am so sorry. Bedware. Bedware. Uh, uh, Lucanus looks over at Bedware and sort of puts his hood down, um, which is something that he doesn't do all that often. And he's like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, I'm, I'm used to getting stared at, and in this context, it's fine." <laughs> uh, uh, Bedware it. Is there anything that we should do or not do so that your people, so that everyone will feel more at ease and we won't, uh, uh, you know, upset anybody? Since it's clear, you know, we 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 are we're the outsiders here. I keep your keep your weapons away. Act with with respect. Know that you're guests. Speak when spoken to, but. Especially in the presence of the chief, he's the boss. Do not, do not uh, cut him off. Do not uh, uh, speak to him condescendingly. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> Good advice in general. Mm -hmm. um. Your your guests here and. Uh, not you specifically, but uh, the outsiders in general are not particularly welcome. Yeah, well, I understand that. Um, so when are we going to meet the chief? Uh, well, I, I'll explain to these these sentries uh, sort of what's 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 been going on. That these these are five people here at my invitation, and they have some some information that the the chief would want to hear, and as, as well as uh, possibly some questions for the. Uh, for Ishbel, the, the wise woman. Um, as soon as you say the thing about having some information for your chief, they sort of nod and put their weapons away, and you know they, they know you, they trust you, like you know you have basically the same job they do. So, um, but yeah, so they so they sort of split and let you guys walk past them. But it's incredibly obvious to you guys that they are staring. They're staring quite a bit at Cedric, um, but they're also definitely staring at Lucanus. Everybody that's staring at me, I wave at. <laughs> you're doing a lot of waving, buddy. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like both hands, like a princess on a on a parade float. Give <laughs> the queen the queen wave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kay and Fletcher surprisingly don't seem to draw that much attention. Like, even though these people, like you guys, are obviously strangers, um, they don't really seem to pay much attention to the humans. Um, it's the short one and the one with the pointy ears that are really um, remarkable. Cedric likes to think of himself as remarkable, so that works. I'm sure he does. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll I'll lead them through the through the village um, to the the chief's dwelling. Mm -hmm. 
And, okay. and Lucanus is obviously uncomfortable with uh, all the attention, but at the same time, he knows he knows what kind of bad is coming. The chief's name is Fistun Kregor. Refer to him by his full name, unless he instructs otherwise. Is there any um, oh boy. prefix like Mister or um, Your Honor that I need to know about? Eh, not officially, but it won't hurt. Likes to be a bit flattered, this one does. <laughs> All right, let's go in. All right. Um, <clears throat> so you sort of, you know, do the the thing where you um, sort of ask to enter um, the chieftain's dwelling, and you're permitted entry, and you come on in. Um, so you guys see uh, standing before you a uh, six and a half foot tall um, Ibixian, uh, an imposing figure with thickly muscled arms and long curling gray horns. Um, his black fur is covered in bleached markings like those on Bedwar's fur, but even more intricate. Um, his brows come low over his eyes, and he stands with an air of commanding whatever space he's in. Uh, he wears simple enough clothing, but he's also sporting a thick gold torque around his neck and gold, gold caps on the ends of both of his horns. Um, so first he speaks to Bedwar in your language. Um, Bedwar... What are you doing? Who are these? I have returned on my scouting mission. These are an elf, a girl, and I can't remember what these other two call themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they are from the, the new town by the sea. They have information about the creatures you sent me to scout for. They are strange and odd. One has an excellent taste in rats. But they may be of help for us. Do not seem nefarious. Um, so, of course, none of, none of you can understand this, so you just sort of hear them conversing back and forth, and you see the, the chief sort of snort, um, and he's got his arms crossed, and he sort of looks down at all of you, although I guess he's almost the same height as... Or, Lucanus, I can never remember how tall you are. Uh, about six feet, okay, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's looking down on all of you, and, and in common, he now says, Information. What information? Uh, you told me. Uh, uh, well, uh, your honorable chief, Eastern Predach. That's how it was. This didn't Krager. This didn't Krager. That. That's some. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll spell it just B I S T E N C R E G U K H. What? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's Bistin with a B as in boy. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? Krega. Okay. Krega. Sounds like Welsh. I got to look up all kinds of yeah. fun Gaelic words and names because Dan yeah. chose Gaelic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it uh, easy on everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's the troubles you're having. Uh, the creatures 
that bedware described to us sounds like something uh, sort of similar to goblins that's known from other lands, uh, like places that, that we've come from. Um, it's, it's a large creature that we call an orc. He sort of nods slowly and says, uh, Rybert described them as orcs, but Rybert described them as goblins, but bigger, and almost like they were in charge of that band. He didn't get close because he did not know what they were. Yeah. But you know these things? They're from where you're from? Did you bring them? No, we... We generally, people will not, do not associate very much with orcs. They, uh, some orcs are, are normal folk, um, but others uh, sort of form bands that specialize in nefarious acts. Um, and they sometimes do join together and control uh, other beings such as goblins. Um, and so they they can be a, a problem in many, many different places, not, not only here around your home. They can be a problem. If I, if I, if I may, Fletcher, I think I probably have a, some information that's a little bit more germane to this conversation. Germane. So, germane. relevant. The only barbarian to ever say germane. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Nefarious. You guys are using all the $100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a standard hey, barbarian. Yeah. All well, right. check, check your bias oh. as a barbarian. <laughs> yeah. We all too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Lucanus um, uh, uh, takes off his, takes off his um, robe and um, lays his weapons down um, and uh, uh, folds the robe under him and sits, sits cross-legged on the robe and um, explains... Oh, as, my... as you as you take off your hood and stuff, you can see the the chief like there's a physical reaction. He sort of changes his posturing a little. Yeah. He's definitely listening intently to you. In my clan, it's customary to discuss. Um, in my clan, it's customary to discuss uh, uh, major threats um, amongst allies unarmed. So. Um, you know, this is, this to me is a sign of great respect and letting you know that um, I'm, I'm here to help. Um, that's, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you guys have any rituals yourselves, but this is mine and it's um, what I'm most comfortable with. We appreciate so, your, <laughs> we, we appreciate nope. your respect. Uh, none of the Hunaniar go anywhere unarmed, and he sort of gestures at the horns. Um, <laughs> but we agree um, that discussion in a peaceable manner is how things get done. Yeah. So, so I come from a uh, continent called Udavin, and um, my town is uh, um, called uh, Yathloon. And um, we uh, uh, previously um, we lived in a, a small village um, that had that had maintained peace for a long time. Um, 
you know, we, uh, um, a lot of us were musicians, um, poets, um, uh, art, uh, artists, and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of us dabbled in magic. And um, that's sort of how we made our living. And we lived a lot, we lived around a lot of other people, uh, a lot of other peoples, and uh, we were peaceful for the longest time. Um, and then the loss came. And previously we had, you know, there were, there were always criminal elements. Um, and we had had a sort of alliance um, among, uh, among the various peoples in the region. Um, and, uh, you know, orcs, gnolls, humans, um, a couple others. And when the uh, loss came, uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, there, with that came a lot of um, problems uh, with agriculture. You know, we couldn't cast uh, a lot of shortages. And and uh, we had previously relied on the orcs for protection, uh, at least certain clans of them. Um, and the uh, orcs are, um, as Fletcher said, orcs are a very diverse people. There's a lot of them who want to make a good, honest living, but uh, um, a lot of them, uh, when they're faced with um, great difficulties, uh, um, you know, they have a they have a tendency to form raiding parties and, um, you know, take what they can get. And a lot of them are very fierce fighters. Um, very physical, some magic users, but um, not many, and a lot of them aren't, a lot of the ones that do aren't powerful, so, um, and uh, uh, one thing that I've noted, one thing that um, happened around um, our civilization is that they do have a tendency to team up with goblins. It, they're sort of like attack dogs, they're sort of like attack dogs to them, and um, uh you know, the goblins to them are um, something that they'll send in to kind of weaken a lot of the, um, a lot of the fighters, you know, used uh, as cannon fodder to exhaust, um, you know, whatever fighters are there, the strongest fighters, and then they just come and clean up. They're terribly efficient. Terrible. What do they mean to do here? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're seeing a lot of them being uh, uh, secretive, it could just mean that um, there's a new arrival and um, they're looking to stake out some land here. Um, but it could also mean that, um, you know, they... So Udivin right now is pretty much lawless. I made my living as a mercenary and assassin over, over there. Um, and... I came here to um, get away from that, and uh, if they're coming directly from Udivan, uh, they might as they might assume that um, that Arda is kind of the same way, lawless. Um, you know, it's uh, very um, protect yourself or be killed, and uh, if they are um, they're uh, still stuck in that mode of thinking. Uh, they could be causing problems. They could cause problems for you. But he's, I can't tell you what they're up to. Well, when you, you say, say they're 
good fighters. We are good fighters, too. Let them try to cause trouble. When when uh, Lucana said assassin, Cedric was like... <laughs> try, like trying to make eye contact with like Fletcher and Kay. Like, that's the first time he's... like I've heard mercenary before, but... <laughs> assassin... <laughs> I also really appreciated that you used the term cannon fodder, even though there are no cannons. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I didn't know the, the correct church cannon. Church cannon. Yeah, church so cannon. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that there's, I'm assuming that there's, uh, uh, I'm assuming that 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 the phrase cannon fodder came before cannon, and the the gun was named after the fodder. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. On Udivin, there are these large um, ruminants that we yeah, feed, yeah, yeah. you know, we called cannons. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, Is that creature now? <laughs> and, and if you stand, and if you stand behind them when they poop, you become fodder. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, let's go with that. Yeah. So that's how you get it on your shirt, there, Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that obvious? They also had some some questions about our our gods there. Would uh, would would you be willing to let them speak to Ishbel, Chief? Their information has served us well, I think, and I would like to speak to Ishbil as well, because we may need some counsel on what to do about these things, these orcs. Um, Let us go talk to her and see if we can come to an arrangement. For what it's for what it's worth, um, and uh, Lucanus is still sitting on his on his robe, cross-legged. For what it's worth, um, you know, this is. Uh, I mean, I don't know who these guys are, but uh, you know, they they. A lot of these people killed everyone. I you know a lot of a lot of the people who I knew and loved were killed by orcs. So um, I'm willing to stay here. Uh, for as long as I need in order to uh, help you guys out because I don't want you guys going through the same thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, he's just sort of going to nod and then, like, he just walks out of the walks out of the room. Like, he's he's going off um, better where you know in the direction of where Ishbel lives. Um, Follow. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Should we stay here? Should we follow? Um, yeah, Lucanus, so... make sure you do not put your hood on in, in the present of presence of this bill. She will be very curious about you, I suspect. Yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the advice. And he just sort of gathers up his weapons and um, uh, he just sort of gathers up his weapons and. Um, uh, 
gets dressed, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, earlier took <laughs> off your robe, I was like, hmm? <laughs> I mean, he has he has a lot of weapons. I mean, I, let's just let's just be honest here. He's pretty much just like clothed in killing implements. So I uh, see so you've been shaving the farmer as well. <laughs> yeah, so you follow behind um Biston and um Bedware and they lead you to another uh sort of lean to thing structure. Um and uh Biston goes in first. Are you guys following in after? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you go inside. It's not an especially large room, so you're all sort of <laughs> very close together. Um, and it's not especially brightly lit. Um, but inside, you can see um, a uh, a female Ibixian, um, much older than the two you've met so far. Um, her body is stooping with her advanced age. Uh, her fur is bright white. Um, so she does not have any of these bleached markings that you've seen on both Bedware and Biston and the um, the guards that you saw when you entered the camp. Basically, everyone you've seen in passing has some sort of, you know, brown or black or somewhere along that gradient colored fur and has these bleached markings to a greater or lesser degree. Um, but this Ibexian does not because she has white fur. Um, um, she has yellow eyes and gray horns, and um, her body, in addition to, again, simple clothing, uh, she is adorned with necklaces and bracelets um, and just sort of strings of beads made of stones, seeds, carved pieces of bones, wood, horn, etc. Um, <clears throat> and she turns and um, looks when you all enter, and she and um, the chieftain have a conversation for a moment, um, which, again, Bedwar would understand, but I'm not going to talk to myself. Um, <laughs> so eventually she'll turn to all of you and in common say, <clears throat> you've shaken our chief, which is a hard thing to do. So it is my pleasure to meet you. Um. <clears throat> well, we we are very happy to be here, uh, meeting with with you all today as well. It's it's an honor to meet uh, a, a scholar uh, such as yourself. Um, we've we've been told uh, that you are uh, very wise, and and we're we're very honored to meet you. She smiles and sort of bends down to you and says, I am not a scholar, and it is only those who are foolish who would claim the title of wise for themselves, but you are most kind. And do I sense that you are also a follower or a vessel for the gods? Uh, I, I strive to be, yes. Um, I, I follow a god, uh, a god of my people, uh, Moradin, um, but I, I've been led to believe that there were other gods here um, uh, long ago. Um, our gods, um, when I was before before I was born, our gods left us. They abandoned us uh, to a, a, a trial. Um, that, that we are still as a people trying to overcome all peoples that we know across the world are, are facing this same challenge 
of survival without the gods. Um, we call this event the loss because we lost the gods. We lost our connection to the gods. Um, and Bedwyr has, has, has told us that you have experienced the same thing. Um, and I, I was praying that you would be able to tell us uh, what your people <clears throat> know or believe about the loss um, and, and your experiences with it. Any, any wisdom or insight you have would be greatly appreciated by my people. Make a diplomacy check. <laughs> That's uh... That was that was a lot more respectful for Cedric than he normally is. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> that's that's because it's a it's a, a a fellow holy person. That's a fourteen. She's not just uh. some plebe like you guys. <laughs> 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 she looks. There's you... the Cedric we know and love. <laughs> she looks at you for a long moment, Cedric. She looks at Lucanus for a long moment. And she looks at Kay, and she looks at Fletcher, and then she turns back to Cedric again and says, We too have felt this loss you speak of. It is a thing that happened, as you say, before any of us now living were born. But we have lived with this in the stories of our people, of how it was before this time, and also what it may be like in the future. What exactly do you want to know? Why are you here? What did the gods do for you guys? <laughs> Biston snorts and stamps his foot and looks a little impatient. She sort of puts up a hand and says, Why, child, they... They did everything. The gods are the ones who breathed life into all living things. Obadhai and Alana are the ones who first clothed the land in the plants and the animals and filled the seas with the fishes. They have done all of the things and they gave us our magics and they gave us our lives, and they gave us our ways of being. Uh, do your we people just sort of nods? Do your people tell? Do your people tell stories about why the gods left? My people believe that Moradin left us as a test. That. Uh, this is a, a hardship that my people must endure to grow and to become stronger. Um, but I, I don't know why the gods of other people would do the same. So many of the, the gods of the people that I have heard of are uh, more gentle. Uh, they coddle their their people, um, and to to me, I I, I understand Moradin. I understand his motivations and his teachings, but I do not understand what is happening to his brothers and sisters. Um, and 
do your people tell stories about this? Make another diplomacy check. Oh. Total? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she sort of takes all that in and we do not, at least not among the Abixian people, try to explain the things the gods do for we are so small and we are their children. We cannot understand the things they do or why they do them. We know that we feel this loss, that we are lesser without them. And, and she sort of stops. You all are very odd. This group of you from somewhere else. Hi. <laughs> this group of you from somewhere else, and I can see, I think, you are not even all from the same place, are you? No. It's kind of the funny no. thing about choosing your own family. Hmm. Uh, no. In that case, Noah? I was, I was just going to say, in fact, we. We're we're united more in uh, in our our goals than our our pasts. In in that case, and, and especially that united by your goals seems to have um, motivated her to speak. In that case, I think I should tell you something, but it is not a story of why the gods left or how they left, but rather. Uh, a poem of our people that we hold close as hope for the future. And she sort of sets herself up to recite Get your pencils ready. <laughs> <laughs> Lo, and the time unseen began when Lord and Lady forsook this land, but unmarked maid foretold a spring when to these lands new winds would bring good-hearted strangers, sincere and firm, to solve the riddles and call them home. I do not know much about you all who Bedware has brought to us this evening, but you resemble in my heart the strangers in this poem and I cannot help but wonder if maybe you are here for the God's purpose. I, I, it may be possible but I, I don't think any of us would I don't think any of us would uh, try to claim the title of a chosen one of a god. Um, so perhaps time time will tell. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's see how this works out. I feel like the gods have already made their choices. 
Um, yeah, I, I would not not presume to know Moradin's mind. Um, but if this is the challenge that he's laid before us, then we will we will do our best to to rise to meet the challenge. Um, and and if that means uh, solving riddles or fighting orcs, um, I I'm down to fight some orcs. <laughs> I, I believe we're we're all all interested in in that. Um, Biston is nodding his head vigorously. It looks like Bedwar is doing the same, and they they both seem very eager. And Ishbel holds up a hand again and says, "I am not surprised to see so many warrior hearts in a room in the Hunaniar's camp, but." I am here to provide a counsel. And she takes a, a handful of, you know, bones and clay tiles and sort of um, scatters them on a rug before her and says, but in this case, with the things that you have said of these creatures seen roaming with the goblins, and the times being what they are. I would counsel at least for our people, and she's giving Biston a very pointed look, that it is perhaps wiser at this point to consolidate our people and our power to protect ourselves we roam these lands and share them with the goblins and the gnolls, but if these other creatures, and maybe even more we have yet to see, are invading, we may need to prepare ourselves for these incursions. This is unlike anything we've experienced before. I understand I mean, your eagerness to fight and to protect yourselves, but sometimes it is worth watching and waiting and learning first. Well, that's... Uh, consolidating power and uh, resources is um, pretty much uh, what my people failed to do. And when you have... When you have a bunch of very, very small targets, uh, that's good for survival, but not for defense. Um, and uh, one thing, um, I feel like this might be unsolicited advice, but uh, one thing that I think is really important to keep in mind, um, you know, when when you guys have problems like this, let everyone fight. Don't just restrict it to, don't just restrict it to a couple people who can do a couple things because um, they'll figure it out. I know that they look brutish, but they're smart and they'll adapt. So, uh, you know, always use a diversity of tactics. And I say this, um, you know, I I say this having been on the failed end of it, the bad end of the stick. 
Uh, Biston nods sharply and says, well, all our people fight, but it shows counsel is always appreciated, and he nods towards her, and he turns to you, Bedwer, and he says, Bedwer, you have traveled and scouted and brought us back information greater than we could have hoped for. Are you ready to take another journey? I... In that case, I will send you with your cousin to the other clans to share this information with them, and we will call a council of the chiefs to discuss these problems further. I shall begin preparations immediately. Um, and Biston's going to leave at that point. Bedver will, will turn to, to, to the group. It has been a pleasure to meet. It has been a pleasure to meet you. Just <laughs> slipping the accent a little bit. Honor, <laughs> it was an honor to fight alongside you. It's been you. an honor working. I look forward was, to seeing you. In it was the an honor working alongside you. Um, and uh, hopefully we meet again. I, and with, with that, he'll, he'll duck out of the tent. Hmm. Um, Ishvil's still looking at the four of you who are left. Um, and she says, You are far from the settlement, yes? Y yes. And it yep. is now dark outside. You should stay the night here. And while you have already provided some aid to our people in the form of this information, I'm curious what other sorts of aid you might be capable of providing. And in return, I may be able to tell you more of the stories you wish to know. And she just sort of, you know, leans down towards you again, Cedric. Stay here tonight and be our guests. The first of your kinds to be granted such an honor among our people. And in the morning, we will see if I have not got a task for you. We would be we'd be honored to accept your hospitality. Um, and uh, I myself have, have some skill in the healing arts. If there's any way I can assist, um, I'd, I'd be glad glad to do that. Um, thank you again for your, your wisdom and your hospitality. This is we this is greatly appreciated. Um, so um gonna I guess, oh, yeah, well, you guys uh, is there like a know, guest? Um, <laughs> Roll hospitality. Yeah. Is there a concierge? Yeah. Um, um she'll actually she'll direct you towards there's sort of um a part Lucanus, of Oh, Lucanus, what? Lucanus, Lucanus gestures over to Cedric. Can we get someone to clean his shirt? <laughs> uh, she, she sort of chuckles, um, uh, but she she directs you. Um, she doesn't leave her her little lean-to thing, um, but she directs you toward an area of the encampment where a lot of the the sort of um, the young warriors without families of their own live. So you actually wind up staying basically in the same area where Bedware sleeps. Um, yeah, K off with the female Abixian warriors and you all in the same area where Bedware sleeps. 
Um, is there anything else you'd like to do this evening? Not for uh, Fletcher. No. Not really. We're going to have to ask her about the birds and the fish eventually. <laughs> yeah. Cedric is going to spend some time praying before bed, but that's okay. that's pretty much it. Um, oh, also, um, he's going to, oh, like, said, so I assume Cedric sees Bedware, like, in the, like, main tent, and yeah. he's like, he's like, hey, hey, do you have any saged rat? Like, do you have, <laughs> I, I, I really want to try, do you guys have any, like, local recipes? Bedward. I would love to get in on that. <laughs> You see Bedward's eyes just, like, widen. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Cedric made a cooking buddy. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe, he'll learn, maybe he'll learn how to gut a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to make, like, a nature check cookbook? Oh, we'll yeah. have, like, sage-rubbed rat in it. Oh, my <laughs> God. If you yes. are watching, would like us to make a nature check cookbook. I feel like the farther you guys adventure through Arda, the more possible that's going to be. I feel like eventually we could make that a thing. Oh, yeah. No, and it's it can be like, oh, no, I love this idea. Let's discuss it in private. I have ideas. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I have we'll ideas. We'll return with some rat to share with <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I suppose we all have to probably eat something, so I guess Fletcher might end up eating rat. <laughs> would Fletcher be open to eating rat? I mean, it's the food being offered, and he's, I mean, and like, it's not like Fletcher's like an old person stuck in his ways. He's a young, he's a young guy who's he's there. Not like he's like a boomer or something like that. Yeah, he's not a boomer. Cool. Yeah. And he's here, like, his whole thing, this whole trip is about learning. Like, literally, the whole thing's about learning, so why wouldn't he, like, Oh yeah, I'm sure Lucanus is happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lucanus no. is a gar. Lucanus is a goddamn garbage disposal. He ate random <laughs> bug eggs from earlier. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cedric's like, no, you have to eat it slower. You have to savor it. Like, the, the kidneys are the best part. <laughs> oh, if it's anything like guinea pig. It is impossible to eat. There's like no meat on it. <laughs> just like sucking off the bones, I imagine. If I ever yeah. had an opportunity to try guinea pig, I totally would. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to eat. There's like no meat on it. There, I got like nothing off of the thing. <laughs> oh, it's like eating like pomegranates. It's more about the activity than the. Yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, does anybody have anything else before you go to sleep? Nope. Lucanus is uh, um, obviously going to be very traumatized during his sleep. I don't know if anyone else is going to notice that, but just as a reminder, uh, you know, sleep does not go well for him. And he uh, always polishes and sharpens his weapons before, before bed. <laughs> um, do your nightmares include lots of noise? What? Do you, do your nightmares include like you making noises? Uh, occasionally, occasionally. So. Um, we can. Oh well, yes, Eric. They don't technically elves don't technically sleep, but just roll with it. Just roll with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> he has he has quote unquote nightmares during his trance. Um, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Uh, Cedric and Fletcher, you can make a perception check for me if you'd like. It's gonna be a pretty high DC though to go be asleep. 
Uh, it's only a six. That's a nineteen. Mm. They were Whoa. they were they were super beat up after that very long traumatic dramatic dark day, um, and also the excitement of Saged Rat and hanging out with like new random people. Um, so neither of them neither of them noticed. But yeah, this is the first time that you've slept in sort of like a common space with these people. So. Oh right. Not yeah. Before you'd been sleeping in your room in the marked birds, so they hadn't had an opportunity. Um, I didn't. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yep, but they nice. neither of them heard you. No. <clears throat> um, well, in that case, uh, the next morning, Bedwer will be going off with his cousin Rybert to the other clans um, of the Abixians in order to start gathering this council of chiefs to discuss the orc incursion and the information that you guys have provided them with. Um, and you all... Well, you all will be playing around the first table, or you all will be playing around the same table for the very first time when we're all in St. Louis. Well, actually, no, I'm leaving in less than two weeks for St. Louis, but anyways. <laughs> I know, so soon. I'm so excited. Oh I am so excited. Um, you guys did a wonderful job. Thank you ever so much, Dan. I cannot thank you enough. You've been a wonderful first special guest for us. Oh, you've been wonderful hosts, and it's, yeah. it's been my pleasure. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed last week. It uh, would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, your storyline was amazing, um, and we loved learning about and talking about mosquitoes and your research with you. Um, and yeah, two weeks from now on Saturday, November 16th, at the same time, on the, in the same place on the internet, or live at the Urban Chestnut Brewery's Grove Beer Hall location in St. Louis, Missouri, um, you will be able to watch Nature Check, Joe, Nancy, Ryan, Peter, myself, and not one but two special guest entomologists um, will be hanging out and playing Dungeons & Dragons. It's going to be great. Woo! Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so please check us out then. Uh, is there anything else anybody would like to plug? Uh, other than the uh, other than the posters um, at ESA. So once um, ESA uh, uh, gets over, um, I am going to be tweeting both my um, SciComm talk, uh, the slides, and... Um, uh, the uh, um, the information on my poster, as well as some more details about kind of where I'm going with some of this toxicology work. So uh, check out my Twitter account after ESA. Ooh, all kinds of good right stuff. now. By the way, right now, right now it's locked because I'm going through some very very rough midterms, and I mm. want I'm still tweeting occasionally, but I don't want like the distractions of the replies or the retweets and stuff like that. Um, so after after ESA, I'm going to open it up um, at least till finals. And then after finals, hopefully I'll be able to do a lot more SciComm. Nice. And speaking of Twitter, um, if you don't follow Nature Check on Twitter yet, you totally should because I'm going to be administering some of the uh, some portions of the audience participation portion of the live Nature Check show via Twitter. Um, so like via polls and things. So please follow us on Twitter so that you can participate in the polls and help me build the game that everyone will be playing during that live event. Um, if no one else has anything else, then I guess we will say good night for the evening and we'll see you again in two weeks.
Thank you All so right. much. Hey. All right. Good night, everybody. Night. Bye. Bye.